good. We're so glad that you're here. And I see so many with your families say, God bless you. I want you to do this. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Psalms. It's an easy one to find. If you're, if you're not real strong and finding a place in the Bible, kind of halfway in the Bible, open it up. You'll probably find Psalms. Psalm chapter 90 is where we're going to spend our time. And we've been in a series the last three weeks uh, called The Walking Dead. And I chose not to use the promo today in the background because it was a little dark for Mother's Day. But, but the theme, <laughs> some of you may feel like The Walking Dead when you've got like two-year-olds, but you know that's another story. But uh, what we've been talking about is how to find real life, how, how to discover the flow of life that God intends for us, that we would not be conformed to this world, especially in the generation that we live in and the culture we live in now where it seems to be a badge of honor to be tired all the time. It seems to be a badge of honor to be busy all the time. You know, I, when I ask people how they're doing, I never get this, oh, I'm so chill, there's no problems, I've just got the easy, no, it's always, oh, Pastor, I'm busy. Man, I can't make, I cannot find the, the, the way, th- it's just life is crazy. I heard someone say the other day, if you burn the candle on both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are, okay? I think that's a, that's a good way to start out this teaching today because what we've talked about was that God sent Jesus for us to provide us the avenue of peace in this life and joy that becomes our strength and rest that becomes our renewal. And we talked about it at Easter that we need to run to him because every one of us hit dark places in life. Do you understand that? Every one of us hit the wall, everyone. So every one of us go through some hard things. And the world's way of dealing with that is sometimes leading us into even deeper, darker places instead of finding light. And we need to learn to run to Jesus, amen? We need to learn that every time we, we run into the wall or we hit the struggle, there's an answer. It's found in Jesus Christ. And we talked about how we need to run to him and, and take hold of the life he's given us. In the second week, we talked about how we need to break out of uh, re- dead religion and value relationship. That it's not about just knowing how to do the right things. It's learning about how to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus who died for our sins and rose from the grave and one day is coming back for us. We talked how about how do we get out of that, how we want relationship with God. Then last week we talked about having life-giving attitudes. Had some of you email me saying, Pastor, my attitude is good today. And, you know, pray for me tomorrow because uh, it's something we have to choose every day to have a good attitude. But today we're going to wrap this up by, by talking about what I believe is the most important part of this series. So I want you to take some notes today on your communication cards. Get them out. Get your pen ready. I believe this is the most important part uh, of this series after establishing a relationship with Christ. Because I really believe what we're going to deal with today is the cause of lifelessness among so many people. It's the cause of people just kind of walking through life like the walking dead. Not appreciating life, not enjoying life, not, not feeling vibrant, and especially not finding the abundant life that Christ promised us. Uh, through the cross. So in fact, I believe if we get this right today, I really believe we will experience life and life to the full. Because here's the thing, guys. God, God does not want you to live a life that is defined by the word stuck. He does not want you to live a life that's defined by, by the concept of, of stagnant or lifelessness. He wants us to, to make choices that really breathe life into us. They really make life work. They really give us hope and really give us joy. So today we're going to deal with choosing the pace of life that God wants for us. I think we better pray on that before we start talking, all right? So choosing the pace of life 
that God wants for us. Would you join me, Father? Thank you. God, I thank you as we open your word this morning, Lord, you have something to say to us. I, I thank you, Lord, today that every one of us, God, today, we're not, we're not here and, and we're not saying, hey, only moms listen. We, we all need to listen to your word today, God. For, Lord, you are calling us to a life that is greater than, God, what any of us have experienced. And, Father, I pray that you give us ears to hear, hearts to respond this morning, and that, Lord, we would allow your Holy Spirit to take these words, God, and make them alive in us. So, Father, here's what we ask. Lord, drive out the deadness. God, shake us to wake us up, oh God. And Lord, allow us to begin to walk in the life that comes from trusting in you. God, I pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. How many know that we are too busy sometimes? You understand that? I, I came across this this week and I thought it was really funny. It says, it says, you know you're too busy when you don't have time to finish the book that you're reading on stress. That, that You know you're too busy on that one, all right? You know you're too busy when you call your kids to dinner and they all go run out and get in the car. You're too busy, okay? You're a little bit too busy. You know you're too busy when you're shouting, hurry up to the microwave. Anybody ever done that besides me? He's like, come on, boil water. I gotta go. <laughs> I love this. And you know you're too busy when you open your lunch bag at work to find a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a door of the Explorer yogurt, and your poor kid is stuck with a frozen lean cuisine at, at school, and I don't know what to do with it. You're a little bit too busy. You know, life keeps us busy, doesn't it? It keeps us on a frenetic pace that sometimes robs us of the very promises that God has given us of joy and peace. I, the average person in your lifetime, check this out, the average person in their lifetime is, is going to spend life this way. They're going to eat out. 14,411 times in their lifetime. And 1,811 of those are at McDonald's. God help us all, right? You're going to spend 13 years and four months watching TV, five years waiting in line, one year looking for things you've lost. I think that's pretty funny. You're going to attend 35 weddings and drive 627,000 miles in your life. And no one on your deathbed is going to say, man, I wish I could have done more of that, right? We, we have so much things that take life from us, and God wants to pour life into us. Psalm 90, verse 12, if you found it there, Psalm 90, verse 12, teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. What does that, what does that mean to us? Teach us to number our days. It doesn't mean to go to deathclock.com and try to figure out how many years you're going to live on this earth. I've, I've done that. It's depressing. Don't do that. But it means to, to look at life and understand God has given us all a certain amount of time. He's given us all a certain amount of days on this earth. He's given us all an opportunity to experience him from day to day to day and to walk in the heart of wisdom that where life is something we actually enjoy and it is full in us. But so often our pace of life gets out of whack, doesn't it? So often our pace of life gets out of balance and, and we find ourselves, instead of enjoying it, we just kind of are enduring it and we are like that walking dead. We're just moving, but there's no kind of life in us. And every one of us has to battle. I battle that. It seems like I, I work hard to get my, my schedule lined out and okay, I've got the time God has asked me to, to walk in and next thing I know, an opportunity comes up or a crisis and, and boom, I'm out of balance again and I wonder why I'm not enjoying this life God has called us to. 
Because you see, here's what happens when life gets out of balance. I want you to write these down. I'm going to give you a couple of symptoms this morning of what happens when life gets out of balance. Because when it gets out of balance, it literally sucks the life out of us. And, and it leads sometimes to very dark, destructive places. Because you see, when life is out of balance, <laughs> I am tempted that much more to enter into sin. D- have you ever experienced that? When you're tired, temptation seems to be right there, doesn't it? Some of you that travel for a living, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you're tired, you get off the road, you get in the hotel room. Temptation is just right there in front of you. Because here's what happens. When we're tired, we are depleted, we are unstable, and that is right when the enemy sets a trap for our lives and wants to watch us stumble and fall and destroy the life God has placed in us. He doesn't do it when we leave church on Sunday. He's not setting a trap in the parking lot when you're coming out full of the word of God. You've been in the presence of God. You've enjoyed his spirit. That's not, he doesn't play fair. He goes at us when we're tired. And because of that, we walk in that, that susceptibility to the temptation of sin. Jesus was talking about this to, his, to those who were closest to him. He said, all the more as the day approaches. What he talked about was the day that the Lord returns, which we believe is very soon according to the word of God. We're living in those last days. And in Luke 21, here's what he told them in verse 34. He said, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. There are traps out there that, that, that we step into When we get so busy and get so tired that we're not walking in pace with God's spirit for our lives. We get so caught up in the anxieties of life that we're not guarded. We're not living with joy. And the joy of the Lord is our strength, but we're not living in that joy. So we get trapped because we're weakened. We fall into sinful patterns. And sometimes our families pay the price. Because you see, when we're tired, not only are we tempted to sin, but when we're tired, our emotions get inconsistent, don't they? I don't know about you, and this is maybe Mike's confession right now, but when I'm tired and I'm busy and I'm hurried, it seems like uh, my anger is a lot closer to the surface than it is when I'm rested. Can I get an oh my from anybody else besides me, right? It's kind of like when you're driving down the freeway, right, and you're running late, like not like y'all ever do that, but like you're running late and you're driving down the freeway and you know you don't have enough time to get there and you're like, get out of my way, you idiot. I mean, you're calling people names and you're cutting people off and you're waving at them inappropriately and all these things because you're, you're late, you're hurried, you're busy. What if you had like 15 minutes extra on the drive? You're like, hey, take the lane, go right ahead. Go, oh, bless you, Yes. One way, Jesus, yes. It's different. Why? Because you're, you're not busy. You're not hurried. You're not rushing. You're not blowing it out. Listen, Job said it this way in the book of Job. He said, my days are swifter than a runner. They fly away without a glimpse of joy. Number our days, Lord. Because you wake up one day and you go, where did those 30 years go, 40 years go, 50 years go? What did I do? I ran from here to here to here to here to here, and yet there was no joy to be found. See, it's a symptom. What happens when we get out of balance? When I'm hurried, here's another symptom. When I'm hurried, I actually produce less. You say, oh, that's not true. Oh, yeah, it's true. There have been studies on this all day long. If I can just do one more email, if I can just do one more text, if I can just do one more report, if I can just make one more call, I'll be more productive. But actually, it's the opposite of what happens. We get less productive when we're busy or hurried or tired. Now, I know this may be a, an old analogy, but it's all I could think of, and that is, is it's kind of like uh, 
chopping wood with a dull axe, okay? I know nobody chops wood anymore, but we used to, okay? And, and the reality was, if the axe is dull, you're going to work twice as hard than you would if the axe is sharp. And what we don't understand is God's call to rest is what sharpens the axe in our lives. God's call to worship is what sharpens the axe in our lives. God's call to discipleship and service is what sharpens the axe in our lives. You see, when we don't take time for that, we are literally working harder, but we are producing less. Proverbs 21, and y'all, y'all have to forgive me this morning. There's like thousands of scriptures I got to share today. I'm trying to get it down to a few you can just get a hold of. But Proverbs 21.5 says this, careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. I, I do it. I, I confess it. There are times I'm just running so hard and I make mistakes. I overlook stuff. I offend people. All the, why? Because you can get so in a hurry that you're not walking in the pace that God has called you to. Someone ought to say amen on that, all right? Because this is good preaching whether you like it or not. Okay. Here's another symptom. When I'm in a hurry, I end up empty inside. When I'm in a hurry, I end up empty inside. Why? Because I have no time for relationships. I have no time for worship. I have no time for renewal. I get to the end of the day or the end of the week after working hard, and I wonder, what, what did I really accomplish? What, what, what really took place this week? I thought it would make me happy, but I'm just as empty as I was then. I mean, if you're honest, some of you are going to hit tomorrow just as tired as you were when you left Friday. Why? Because you're not taking the time that God has called you to rest and to renew yourself in his presence. The psalmist said in Psalm 39, we are merely moving shadows and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth not knowing who will spend it. Think about that. Busy, busy, busy because we want to get to a certain spot but someone else probably end up spending it anyway. You see, we mistake some things. We misunderstand some things that are very important in life. One of those is the concept of burnout. People think that burnout is a result of too much activity. Can I tell you that's not the cause of burnout? The cause of burnout (laughs) is the result of too much meaningless activity in your life. That's the cause of burnout. When you're doing, 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 and at the end of the day, you're like, it doesn't make a difference anyway. I'm just busy. None of us like busy work in school, right? None of us like to feel like we're just wasting time. But that's where burnout comes when we're doing meaningless activity over and over again without purpose. Because what happens is they, they, they suck life from us instead of breathing life back into us. Now, I know this is going to be hard for some of you guys to comprehend this morning, but I want you to listen closely. One of the greatest things we offer to you at Hope Church is, first of all, the relationship with Jesus Christ. We would all agree with that, right? That's why we exist. But the second thing is this, and that is the opportunity for you to discover your purpose, your mission, and help you to engage in it. Because you see... All of us need activity that is connected with purpose. All of us need to be doing something for the benefit of someone besides ourselves. All of us need to to experience the renewing of the Holy Spirit that comes when we lay down our lives and we pick something up that others may find life. You know, churches are notorious, and especially preachers, we get, the, we get the bad rap about it. If we ever preach about money, they're like, oh, you just want our money. If we ever preach about getting involved, you're like, oh, you just want to run a church. No, we want you involved. Be careful how I say this. We want you involved because, honestly, a lot of what you do for the 40 hours during the week does, has very little eternal consequence at all. 
But what you can do in ministering to somebody else and setting up an opportunity for someone else to come to know about Jesus, for using your gifts and talents to proclaim the good news of Christ, for being hospitable and greeting people by, by handing a backpack to a child on, 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 a, on a time at an elementary school where that child's not gonna have food for the weekend, by going and stuffing groceries at Second Harvest, by, by getting involved in missions. Listen, church, the greatest things we can do in this life are not covered by a paycheck. Thank you, two of you. Are you, are you listening? The greatest things we do in life is not covered by a paycheck. It's covered by one day when the word says that the Lord himself will look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Let me make you ruler over much. And that comes when we serve with purpose. That comes when we get involved with purpose because we experience life being breathed back into us when we serve others and do activities that have purpose and meaning. One of the reasons I probably don't do a lot of counseling is I, I think some things are simpler than they appear. And one of those is when I find people who are down and depressed, I'm like, well, who are you serving? Well, what do you mean serve? I don't feel like serving. Well, there you go. Step into it. We, we had a homeless ministry at our last church. We served 200 homeless people every Sunday, the church we served in South Charlotte. And that was our number one counseling path. You go on, going through a rough time? Okay, show up at 6 o'clock downtown and sling grits, okay? I guarantee your life is going to improve. Why? Because you're starting to get outside of yourself and you're letting God breathe life back into you. Amen. So here's, here's the last symptom. We're going to talk about how we remedy this. And that is when I'm tired and exhausted, I can't hear God. Have you experienced that? And I know this is going to be news to some of you, but God is talking all the time. He is speaking to you all the time. He wants you to know his voice. But we get so busy, we get so wrapped up in the cares of this world and the anxieties of life that we clutter our lives with so much and we have no margin in our schedules to actually stop and listen to the voice of God. And then when life gets tough, guess what happens? We have the audacity to blame it on him when things go hard. Well, God, if you were a better God, no, he's a good God. And he speaks life to us always. But we've got to learn to listen, church. That famous verse in Psalm, be still and know that I am God, is one we've got to learn. Be still and know that I am God. This is a word I think God has for some of us today. So, so how do we get there? Here's where we're going to turn it this morning. How do we get there? And I'm going to share, I could have shared so many principles. I'm going to share three principles right now, okay, in the time we have of how do we get there? How do we get into the balance and the pace of life that God has called us to, to really experience life and to give life toward others? Hey, what, what's the remedy? It's a four-letter word. It's called rest, R-E-S-T. You're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Pastor Mike. I'm going to go home and I'm going to get a, a hammock and I'm going to spend all week in a hammock. No, that's not what we're talking about. Because... Rest is not necessarily a lack of activity. Not at all. Rest is not necessarily not doing anything. But rest is found when we align our lives with the purpose and plan of God for us. It's when we align our lives with what God created us for. You see, Jesus recognized this in his own ministry. You know, the, I know a lot of friends of mine, they're hard-charging evangelists or missionaries, and they're like, I'd rather burn out than rust out. You know, I mean, they're going 24-7, and then all of a sudden their bodies break down, their minds break down. Listen, they, they think they're following Christ, but that's not what Christ did. There were times and seasons when he ministered to the crowd, and he, he was actively engaged. Man, the whole God's power was flowing through him. 
And yet, when he got done, he was like, I'm going away to rest. I'm going to go away from people, and I'm going to pray. I'm going to get away from the busyness, and I'm going to recharge and renew. How many believe if the son of the living God needed to recharge and renew that we probably need that as well? Would you agree with that? Because last time I checked, you're not God, neither am I. We're not omnipotent. We're not omnipresent. We're not omniscient. We are just human. But the difference is we are filled with the spirit of the living God who draws us to a place of rest. You see, one of the marks of God's work in your life is that regardless of the chaos and business around us, he will lead you by his Holy Spirit to rest and bring you into that place where you're in the rhythms of his grace and joy becomes a mark of your life and peace becomes a mark of your life and contentment becomes a mark of your life. Listen, church, when we line our lives up with God, that's when life works. It's not when we just go to church and call ourselves a Christian. You, know, so you, can, you, can call, you can do it all day long. I know a lot of people that carry the bigger Bible that have no peace in their life whatsoever. What a tragedy. Because right inside of here, when it got tough and the disciples were watching everybody run away from Jesus and he asked them, he said, are you going to leave me as well? And Peter said, why would we? Because you alone have the words of life. Guys, God's called us to live, Right? He's called us to live this full, abundant life. So here's what, the, what we want to focus on. How do we get there, all right? First thing, and, and this is so countercultural, okay? First thing, stop the constant push for more in your life. Stop the constant push for more. We, we've bought into this lie, personally and as a nation. We've bought into it that more is always better, Right? I need, I need the bigger this, the bigger that. I need more of this in my life because i got to have what they have. And we spend all our lives striving for things that aren't going to bring life to us. Do you know the average American spends 137% of their income? Think about that. I'm, I'm a math guy. How many know that doesn't add up? 137% of income. They, they, they do it to buy things that, that they, they, they don't need with money they don't have to impress people that really don't care. But yet we all get caught in it sometimes. we got to impress. we got to have a little bit more. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 6 says, Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Better to slow down and enjoy peace than to work, 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 and never know peace. I grew up in a hard-working family. Hard work was ingrained in us. We had chores. For young people, that means stuff you actually have to do in order to, like, get fed, okay? And my dad had this, he understood the rhythms. He, he worked hard. He was on call all the time, busy man. But one of the rhythms was he would take us on a, on a pretty regular basis, and we would leave town, and we'd go up to a little place called Flynn, Texas, up near North Zulch in a wonderful little central Texas area to go visit my auntie. How many have an auntie in your life, okay? My auntie, she's my great, great aunt, you know. She lived to be like 99, no joke, all right? Uh, and in auntie's house, she'd always welcome us. We'd go to Flynn, and there was no running water in Flynn. There was no toilet unless you walked out to find a little shack out back somewhere. And auntie would always welcome us kids, and she'd pull out her game system and say, play. And her game system was go outside and play in the dirt. Go outside and figure out how to enjoy life. I know for some of you young people, dirt is that thing that's like under grass, you know, that nobody ever knows about anymore. But we would like break down into simplicity for a weekend. 
And then he said, you want to eat tonight? And we said, yo, sure. okay, come shell peas. You mean they don't come from the grocery store? No, no, shell peas. And, and what it did is he was, he was kind of getting to us this need. We had this need. Break out. Break. We had all this stuff at home, but break out from it and find simplicity and rest in your life that renews you and restores you. Because one of the biggest things that happened, we went to go be with Annie was, we'd sit around the table at night with a little kerosene lantern, and we'd actually talk to each other. We didn't text across the table to each other. We actually engage in communication. And you know what that does? It renews you, right? It strengthens you and it builds you up. The church, we got everything working against us right now that doesn't do that. Listen, here's what happens. We're drawn to more. We're like, I know my kid's already playing two sports in his three leagues, but you know what? I can do another because I want my kid to be an Olympian, right? Just go read the statistics sometime and look at yourself in the mirror, Okay? I mean, come on. Denise and I, one day, even our son Wesley, he was you know, really big into football and all that, we kind of looked at ourselves like, I'm 5'8". I weigh 190 pounds. She's like 5'4". We don't talk about weight. <laughs> There's probably not a likelihood he's going to be an NFL linebacker. Can I get a witness to that, okay? So, you know, you just have to at some point go, what really matters in this life? We work, 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 work. We, we get to Friday. We got plans with the kids, and the boss comes along and says, hey, can you work the weekend? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah no, no problem. I mean, I could use the money, and hey, I don't think the kids will miss me that much. Wrong. We got to learn to say no to certain things. We got to learn to stop going after everything. The book of Proverbs, chapter 14, says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. It doesn't matter if they have a better house, a better car, or, or, or their kids in a better league. Get, get over it, okay? There is more to life than what we do right here. I'd rather you raise godly kids. I'd rather you raise kids that learn peace and joy than anything else. You know, Proverbs says this in verse 25 of verse chapter 20. It says, it is a trap to dedicate something rashly and only later to consider one's vows. Well, what it means is this. It's harder to get out of something than it is to get into it. And you just need to learn to say no to some things. Because here's what happens. If you're a person that's busy and you can do a lot of things, people think you can do more, Right? When we have our membership class at Hope, the Discovery 101, what we tell everybody is this. We would like you to be involved in one ministry. That is your main focus and, and support something else. But we don't want you involved in three, four, five things. We have some people that are out of balance right now. We're trying to get them back into balance. And you know what's going to make that happen? Is that others that are doing nothing step in and help relieve some of the things that are out of balance. Can I get an amen to that? It takes all of us, right, so that we can all walk in that joy. So we need to understand that some ways in life, less is actually more because we need to say no and let God help prioritize our lives. Here's the second thing, all right? This is the, probably one of the ones that we, we abuse the most. We need to keep the Sabbath day holy. Mike, that's Old Testament. Come on. No, it's not. Do, do you think the command not to commit adultery is New Testament? It was given in the Old Testament, but you know what? It's in the New Testament as well. In fact, the New Testament holds us to a higher standard than the Ten Commandments ever did so. Because Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said, you know what, I know it says don't kill, but if you're angry at your brother without cause, you might as well have murdered him. What he said is, you want to look to the law, let me give you the Spirit. Here's something we need to understand about the Ten Commandments. They were not ten duties to design to make our lives miserable. 
They were ten commandments that set a pattern for us that actually give us life. And we need to learn to keep the Sabbath day holy. Well, see, Mike, what's the Sabbath day? Talk about this for a second. Because, you know, we, we don't talk in those terms, do we? What was Sabbath day? Is that Sunday? Is it Saturday? When's Sabbath day? I can tell you this. Sabbath day is a day that we set aside to do what? To dedicate it to the Lord. It's a day we set aside to find renewal and rest from God. It's not a Sabbath day necessarily because I go to church. It's a holy day. It's a whole day. It's a holiday that God says every one of us need in the pace of our lives every week so that we can stay in balance and we can really walk in the joy of the Lord. Exodus 20, you say, where, Mike, where are you getting this, Mike? Exodus 20, verse 9, says, You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to who? You mean it's not dedicated to my kids? You mean it's not dedicated to my boss? It's not dedicated to my yard? It's dedicated to the Lord. Boy, I knew it would get quiet at this point, all right? God created the heavens and the earth, seven days. We're not going to get in the debate of whether they're literal or not, but seven days, he did it in six days. On the seventh day, he what? He rested. Do you think God needs rest? No. He's not like us. He neither sleeps nor slumbers. He is not human like we are. Why did he rest? To give us a pattern. To say, this is how life flows. Listen, if you can do this, and I think you can, if possible, work six days. It's okay. He said work. Work's good for us, right? Work helps us. It's good. He said work six days. If you can do it, work five for your employer and one for you. And you do all the stuff at home and all that good stuff, right? But the seventh day, honor a Sabbath. Honor a Sabbath. Employers, listen to me this morning. You need to make this pattern work for your employees. If not, you're causing them to miss out on the life God has called for all of us to experience. And can I tell you, it's just wrong. We need to get a pattern going in our lives so we can bless others in that. Now listen, it doesn't have to be Sunday. How many know that Sunday is not a Sabbath for a pastor? I'm sorry, I'm working up here, people, okay? (laughs) I'm looking forward to the nap that's going to come in about 30, 40 minutes after we all get out of here because I'm tired. I'm spent when I get done doing this. But I find another day during the week, I set it aside. And on that day, I set it aside, not just to do yard work. It's a day of renewal. It's a day of rest. Do I get it right all the time? No, but I I try my best because I want that there because here's what I know. When I don't, I hit burnout. When I don't, I wear out. When I don't, my body breaks down. When I don't, my mind breaks down. When I don't, I have nothing to give you when I stand up here on Sunday mornings. And in the same way, if you're not honoring a Sabbath in your life, you have nothing to give to your spouse or your kids that's worth anything. You have nothing to give to your boss that's worth anything because all you're doing is wearing yourself out. You see, Sabbath, the word Sabbath means cease. No work. No emails, no texting, hallelujah. No Facebook, that's a good life. It's a Sabbath Sunday. Here, let me give you a pattern. I know we're practical people around here. Let me give you a pattern. What would it look like if the Sunday was your Sabbath? Well, it would be that 
You come to church. That's, that's the first thing. And you come and you worship God with your people and you serve. I mean, some of us have been here since seven this morning getting things ready for you. And, and, and you come and you, you get engaged and you, you worship the Lord. And then you go home and you enjoy a, a good meal and you sit down around a table. And if you have other people in your life like family, you talk to them, okay? And, and after that, you take a nap. You put NASCAR or PGA on. Those are the best sleep aids there's ever been made in life. It's awesome because you just have to wake up when it's all over and see who won. So, uh, so you take a nap. And then you get up and you like do go for a walk. And if you're married, you like take your spouse with them. And you hold them by the hand, you look at them, and you reintroduce yourself to each other and say, Hi, I'm Mike. I know I've been gone all week, but right now I'm just spending time with you. And you get into a pattern of rest. And you unplug. And you break out. You don't sit there and plan what's going to happen on Monday. No, you break out and you say, I'm going to assess my past week. I'm going to examine my life, my attitude, my schedule. How am I as a husband? How am I as a father? And reflect. Because here's the deal. We're all busy. We're all busy. (laughs) But you have to make time to honor what God says to honor. You have to make time to honor what God has. Some of you are working seven days a week trying to get ahead. Can I tell you? It's not going to work. Because you're dishonoring what God has called you to. And your work is actually working against you instead of working for you. It's the same with the principle of the tithe. What it's saying is this, I can accomplish more with less time if I dedicate time to God than I can if I dedicate all time to myself. Does that make sense to you? It's like the tithe. I can, I can live on more on my 90% when I'm giving God the 10% first off the bat because I'm saying, God, my life comes from you and not what I can come up with. It's a principle we got to get a hold of, church. You understand that this morning. I'm trying to be your pastor today. I'm not trying to, hey, let's have a Mother's Day sermon and tell you how beautiful you are and let you go home and give you a daisy on the way out. No, I've grown up in those Mother's Day services. I want to give you some meat this morning. I'm telling you, this principle right here, if you want life, it begins right there. You see, when we don't honor the Sabbath, what we're doing is we're not having reverence for God's will. But when we have reverence for God's will, we're adding hours to our day because we can accomplish more when we put God first. That's why some of you are like, Sunday's not working for me. I'm like, what do you mean? I come to church, I, I pray in the morning, read the Bible, but you know what, I'm just worn out because, you know, and I'm like, well, what do you do the rest of Sunday? Well, I work, and I, I get ready for Monday, and I plan this, and I go out, and I get active, and we have five soccer games, and this, that, and the other, and huh, I'm just wore out. Well, you didn't have a Sabbath. You came to church, but you didn't have a Sabbath. And you need to build a Sabbath into your schedule. Mike, I better move on here. Y'all looking angry right now. All right? Remember this. The Lord has promised peace even in the midst of life's chaos. And it's a peace that passes understanding. Last point. Wrap it up. Get close to Jesus. If you want to find the rest in the Lord, if you want to find the rest that he's promised, get close to Jesus, because Jesus is the chief shepherd of your life. I'm an under-shepherd, according to God's word. I'm not the shepherd. I'm an under-shepherd. He he, he trusts me to lead you. That's what I do, right? But the word tells us that he is our shepherd. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack what? Nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Church, if we get close to Jesus, if we run to him, we move toward him, and we learn to listen to him, he promises to restore our souls. He promises to refresh us in his presence. He promises to breathe life 
into us. And it's only when we come to him and we get close to him and we, we, we come and we say, you are the priority of my life, that's when he speaks into us and that's when he builds our life up. You see, some of you have never made that choice and you're just running life in your own flesh and your own strength and you're, you're going after life and you're like, why? Why is it just so hard? Because you've not come to the place to submit your life to the one who created you and who loves you and wants to give you a life that is unexplainable. Because the only way we explain it is him working in us. Some of you have known this. Some of you have known it for a long time, but you've walked away from God. You've moved away from his presence. You've kind of, you kind of put him on the shelf, and you said, I'll get to God when I can get to God. And you're wondering why life's not working out so good right now, because you need to run back to him. You see, here's what he said to us in Matthew's gospel. Matthew 11, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you. That yoke represented that piece of wood that would attach two oxen together so they could work more effectively together when they're plowing the the rows. And and he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Why? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He doesn't say, come to me and I'll wear you out. He didn't say, come to me and I'll use and abuse you and at least you got heaven. (laughs) He says, take my yoke upon you. Team up with me. Because when you team up with me, guess who's doing all the work? It's not me, it's him. He's doing it. I'm just hanging on. I'm loving the ride. You see, guys, real life comes when we align our lives up with the pattern of God's word and we keep him first in everything. You get out of balance, what happens? Your body breaks down. You get out of balance, your mind doesn't function the way it ought to. You get out of balance, you get tired and weak. You get out of balance, and all of a sudden, sin and temptation becomes very real. I'm going to close with this. Say, Mike, I didn't think we were supposed to be balanced. There's one area that we are always to be out of balance, and that is our trust and our commitment to the Lord. You see, for all this to work, we got to be all in with him, right? There's none of this, like, I'm going to put my toe in the water and give you a little bit of Jesus. No, we got to be all in. Yes, get out of balance, okay, because that's okay if it's putting our trust in him. But we got to get the rest of it in balance. Say, Lord, we are not going to work ourselves to death to gain something that's not going to last. But, God, we're going to find a balance so that we can enjoy family, friends, relationships, and we can minister out of our gifts when we get so tired, so busy, we can't even minister, something's wrong. So here's what I want us to do. Isaiah 63, verse 14, last scripture today says this. It says, they were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. This is how you guided your people to make yourself a glorious name. They were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. The word Spirit, we're going to start a series in two weeks on the Holy Spirit. That word Spirit the Hebrew word is rock. It's a, it's a kind of a strange word, ruach. You almost sound like you're clearing your throat when you say it. And, and what it speaks of is this. It speaks of the breath of God. It speaks of the, the wind of the Lord. And what he's saying is he gave them rest by breathing life into them. He gave them rest by a breath of fresh air. Church, he wants to guide us into that breath of fresh air today because honestly, a lot of us need it. We need that renewal. We need that freshness. And he wants to do that so that his name is great in us. 
so that when people see our lives, they're like, well, how do you do that? You don't seem as stressed as everybody else. You don't seem as wiped out as everybody else. You're not as worried as everybody else. Because I've put my faith and commitment into the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he is faithful, and I can sleep at night. My family, we're, we're dealing with a very stressful thing related to my mom, so that's why mom's day is kind of tough right now. And I uh, spoke to my brothers as we had a conference call. We live too far apart. And m- one of my brothers, he and I, we are, we are believers in Christ. We have sold out. We follow him. My other brother struggles with who God is. I love him. I'm praying for him. We were talking about stress. And my younger brother said, oh, I sleep like a baby every night. My other brother that doesn't know the Lord says, What? You sleep when you got stress? I'm like, oh, yeah, I do too, man. I'm just, I'm done. You can ask Denise. I can't stay awake past 10 o'clock if I'm stressed, man. I'm done. He's like, well, well, that's not even fair. And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, if you would only listen to what we've been trying to tell you all these years, then when you rest in the Lord, even when there's stress, he will keep you at perfect peace. And this morning, that's what I feel right now. I feel peace because I'm here with you. We worship God. We're about to do that again. And here's my prayer for us this morning. Here's, here's our response. Because I hope we always respond to the Word of God. So we all get, we get busy in this, all right? But here's my response for you today. And that is every one of us would allow God to breathe life into us this morning. I want you to stand. Wherever you are, I want you to stand. And I, I, I want us to do this this morning. Nobody can live your life for you, okay? Nobody can. Nobody's going to hand out a pill on the way out today and say, here's your pill of life, good luck. But we lead you to the place to say, there is life found in the one who created life. And it comes in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And this morning, I'm talking to some of you that know this, but yet you've kind of run from it. My call to you this morning is on this Mother's Day of 2014 is come home. Come back to what you know and let God breathe life into you again. There's others you've heard about it a lot, but yet you still can't enter in. You still haven't decided to step into that. Can I tell you that his ways make life happen? He will not only bring you in, he will cleanse you. He'll forgive you of his sin. He'll restore and he'll make a new life in you matter what your past and I encourage you during this response time to ask God to come into your life ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord ask him to forgive you of your sin because we've all sinned fallen short of his glory and he has promised he'll do that and he'll bring you new life but right now I want us to bow our heads and I want us to pray and, and I've asked the musicians to lead us in a very simple song this morning and we're going to come we're going to have communion and then we're going to close with a special prayer over our our lives particularly for our ladies. But I believe right now that God is speaking to us. I believe He is calling us to examine our lives. I believe God is speaking to us out of that psalm and say, I want you to number your days. I want you to number your days. I want you to seek wisdom over them. Lord, I ask, God, as our heads are bowed, God, before you in our hearts, God, right now in this moment or 
God, awake and alive, oh God, because your Holy Spirit has energized us, God, to receive this morning. God, if there are those that are here today, God, that, Lord, are, are, have run from you, then, Lord, today, God, draw them back home, oh, Lord. God, I thank you. You never give up on us, God. I thank you. You go after us, God, because, Lord, you want us all to know life, life abundantly. Father, for those this morning, oh, God, that, Lord, have kind of tiptoed around the edges of being committed to you, oh, God. Father, let them see, Lord. God, that, Lord, it's when they go all in, when they dive into the deep end. God, when they submit their lives to you, God, Lord, that's when life happens. God, help us, God, to let go of trying to live our lives our way. God, let us begin to live life your way. So right now, God, speak over us. Help us quiet our hearts. We're not in a hurry. Help us to just turn it down for a second. Breathe in and breathe out of you, oh God. Because, Lord, you are here in the midst of us. God, we've enthroned you in our praises today, oh God. And God, according to your word, God, grace and mercy are flowing over us right now, God. Grace and mercy. God, I pray we receive of you, Father. God, let us receive of you right now, God. Let us receive of your grace. Let us receive your mercy. God, let us determine, God, Lord, to live an examined life, God. Let us determine, Lord, God, to seek alignment with what your word says.